wanted to start this podcast to share hunting stories of my experiences and what I've done over the years. There's so much more that is involved in hunting than just pulling the trigger and killing an animal. We want to be inspirational, educational, but we also want to have a good time and teach you how to have a good time as well. And on this episode, I have Jeff Moose, the owner of Walk-On Archery Targets. This is my first archery hunt, first time taking a bow. It's funny, me and my buddy, we flipped a coin. He won the coin flip, and where he ended up was where I thought was going to be the, the hot spot. And my buddy texts me and, you know, hey, you see anything? And, and I was in the process of saying, all I can see is a bunch of squirrels, and I see this big buck over top of my phone coming towards me. So I literally stood up and I grunted. He stopped. I let the arrow fly. Everything was, it was, everything was automatic as if I'd done it for 20 years. I saw that hit him. I saw him run off. My heart was pounding out of my chest. I texted my buddy back, said, I just got one. And then he calls me and he said, are you messing with me? And I said, no. I said, I'm stuttering right now. I said, I'm not messing with you. Welcome to Hunting Day with Stephen Robbins. Now for your host, Stephen Robbins. All right, guys and gals, welcome back to another episode of Hunting Day. And on this episode, I have Jeff Moose. Jeff is the owner of Walk-On Archery Targets. And uh, I've seen Jeff around the industry for a better part of a decade now. And he's been working with some really big-name companies and big-name people. Some people you you may have... uh, Heard before on the podcast, Ted and Amber Nestor, and Ted and Amber have stood behind this product for a long time, so I knew I needed to get Jeff on here so we could talk about these archery targets and really the story behind how they became. So, Jeff, I really appreciate you coming on tonight. Yeah, I'm glad to be here. Always glad to share uh, the story, a little bit about who we are, how we got started and, you know, where we came from. Um, I, I probably came about this whole thing in an opposite, uh, direction than most people that are in the manufacturing industry. I think, uh, a lot of people start, uh, building a product or trying to make a better product because of a passion they have for hunting or archery or the outdoor industry. And, uh, I kind of came about in a, a really different way. Um, the core of our, our targets is a uh, material derived from carpet padding. And I grew up in uh, that manufacturing side of thing in the floor covering manufacturing. And back in 2008, um, when the industry, the housing industry went south, we started looking at what are some other things we can do with our foam. We looked at insulation, we looked at noise reduction, we looked at everything. And um, archery targets kind of popped up. I didn't shoot a bow, I didn't own a bow. And so we made a couple prototypes, took them around a couple shops. I had one particular local shop, uh, Drop Time Archery in Advance, North Carolina. They really, really helped me forward my progress with this. They gave me feedback, they told me what was good, what wasn't good. And so with their knowledge and their help, we really developed a product and I decided, hey, I probably should put a bow in my hand. And so um, I had hunted a little bit off and on, didn't have any direct mentor uh, uh, from hunting. Uh, My dad didn't really hunt, but he took me squirrel hunting once, rabbit hunting once, uh, took me to shoot guns. Uh, knew people that hunted, but he just wasn't an avid hunter. So, okay. um, 
So I just just didn't have any family member to really lead me along the way. Um, so anyway, um, I picked up a bow, and the the story kind of begins from there. As honestly, it was a passion for what can we do to make money in an industry that was stagnant by pivoting a little bit and all of a sudden we're making a different product and getting into a different industry. That's pretty awesome. And that's kind of the American dream right there because, you know, you're like, you also, well, I guess I should say, I also was affected heavily by the 2008 housing decline and mine kind of filtered more into the end of 09 because I was designing a lot of log homes at the time. And, uh, so I too switched and got into a different industry, which was the oil and gas industry. But it's really wild to see how in America we have these options that, you know, basically whatever we've set our mind to within, you know, a a very narrow way we can, you know, as long as we can keep our head down and, and push forward, we can pretty much do whatever we want. And so I think that's not to get off topic there. Um, but I think that's awesome that, you know, you were affected by the recession that we saw in 2008. And then instead of just going under, like so many other people did, you shifted gears and found an industry that you, like you just said, you didn't really know a whole lot about and I think that's awesome. Well, I think, you know, I called it uh, desperate times. And, you know, we get desperate and when, we, when we're working, you know, six, uh, five, six days a week, and then we pivot to two and a half, three days a week, we, we get desperate of, you know, we got to do something to make some money. <laughs> so, yeah. you know, uh, so this product came out of really a lot of desperation, uh, uh, for lack of a better term, of, hey, we need something to help supplement income till you know things kind of turn around and and it just opened up a whole new door a whole new uh opportunity for me uh to get into a whole new industry yeah so when you were developing and uh building these targets and i know you said drop time archery had a lot of help in that but what was your goal like i know you obviously were trying to make money but what was your goal with your target to try and make it stand out from the others well, you know, I, I realized that, you know, you're literally putting a hole in something. So your first time you're starting the damaging or destroying process of a target. So, you know, really diving into this industry, the two things that were sought after were a durability and easy error removal. So how do I make this target last maybe a little bit longer than the competitors, but also make it easy to get the arrow out of now? There were targets that had a long life to them, but you would break your shoulder trying to pull your arrow out of it. Or there were ones that were super easy to pull the arrow out of, but they didn't last long. So, you know, for me, it was trying to find the best combination. And we had a foam that was not being used in the industry before. Uh, So we had a little bit of a unique opportunity to bring a different foam or core material that had not been used and it uh we felt like we had uh, once we got started a kind of a unique process here yeah definitely so you were basically you married the two and you took the best of both and you were able to build a really good target which makes me understand why you've been around for so long 
And uh, especially in an industry where products come and go, you know, there's these fads and there's nothing wrong with those fads because people like them and people buy them. But, you know, your targets there, I feel like they're here to stay. Well, um, like I said, we, we found a unique combination that um, I don't think is out there with and it really it goes across our full lineup. And I don't think that's that's another unique thing is you'll find that same thing through our whole lineup of targets that um, you're going to have something that's going to last longer than most targets. And, and it's just going to be, you know, our, our motto is one less thing to worry about. And so you don't need to be worrying about, oh, my gosh, I got to pull these arrows or I'm not going to shoot as many arrows because it just it's too hard on my shoulders or my back just to pull them out. Yeah. No, that makes sense. I've, I've, I've experienced that, especially shooting a 70 pound bow and, you know, not, not to knock any other targets out there, but yeah, you, you gotta, sometimes you gotta lay them down and pull them upwards just to, so you can get them, get your arrows out. So, um, I've seen Ted shooting these targets and, uh, I've seen plenty of videos of them and, uh, cause you're all over their TV show and, it's uh I, I know Kylie goes and pulls their arrows out and you know Kylie's the same age as Ava, she's eight now but um you know I can remember a couple years ago Kylie just going up to the target and pulling Ted's arrows out for him and you know I think that's pretty cool and um you got quite a a, a number of targets I've, I've been on your website here uh, all afternoon looking at the different ones and um, I really like that you sell covers and that tells me that if you can replace a cover on a target that tells me that target is built to last because normally the whole target is ruined and, and a cover is not going to do anything for you so i think that's pretty cool and uh um i know it's probably hard to say all oh, my target will last x amount of shots because it's going to be weather and, and somewhat um how it's stored related, right? You know, it, it is. Um, it, 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 if somebody carries it, it inside, it's going to last a little longer. If somebody keeps it outside, it's just not going to last as long. If there again, you said you're shooting a 70 pound, but somebody should be shooting a, a 50 pound. It could be shooting an 85 pound. Uh, and then the grain weight of the arrow. I mean, that can make a huge impact. If it's a heavy grain arrow that somebody's built, there's, so many factors on being able to say it's going to last X number of shots. I mean, you know, we can say on our cube targets, it's going to last thousands of shots. I've had some testimonies come back from people that said they know they've put over 10,000 shots, but you know, there's, there's all kinds and they said they left it outside. So there's, there's so many variables though, yeah. uh, you know, that, that people can, can come in and, you know, we have option on our cube targets to shoot broadheads in. So if you tend to shoot a lot of broadheads, you're going to cut more foam. Yeah. Fair enough. Now, would you say out of, I, I'm going to say the Robin cube, the marksman and the buck tag, those are your, probably your more like backyard targets. Is that right? Yeah, and I do have one called the Ace that's uh, just a smaller version of the Buck Tag. Okay. It's, uh, it's also a bag target. So what we done, we originally came out with the Robin Cube and the, and the Buck Tag. Those were our two uh, keystone targets that we came out with, uh, two-sided bag and a six-sided cube target. And 
then over time we realized we needed to develop maybe something a little more portable. Uh, so we took that same design and we just kind of shrunk them down. So the okay. Ace is literally a smaller version of the buck tag. The Marksman is is somewhat a smaller version of the Robin Cube with six sides shootable. Um, but it has two windows that are already there to shoot broadheads in where the Robin cube, you have to unzip the bottom of the cover to shoot uh, broadhead. So okay. a little bit of a, a, of a redesign, but still a smaller version of the same product. Yeah. No, they look nice. They look really nice. Now, um, which one would you say is probably your most sold target? Ooh, you know, it, <laughs> it depends on where the moon's at. Uh, you know, it, it, it has shifted um, between those four. Uh, the Ace is my most economical target from a price point. Um, at one point, it led the way. Honestly, the past year and a half, it's been the Robin Cube, and it had originally led the way. It fell off a little bit. The Marksman kind of fell into place. Um, but right now, I probably, probably the Robin Cube is my number one uh, seller, and probably the marksman right behind that and my bag targets have not been as big of seller as my cube targets uh you're going to get a lot more life out of the cube target but uh there again it depends on your on your budget on your ability to is do you need it to travel with you do you need it is it okay to sit in your backyard so um, a lot of it depends on, on on your the person's needs okay so i do a lot of blowgun shooting um, I recently got into blowgun hunting. It's been probably about two years now that I've been doing this. And uh, I'm going to pick up a target just to see what it's like for blowgunning. Uh, I'm thinking the marksman because of the broadheads. And uh, I'm definitely curious because now where I'm at um, at work, I just set up a just a foam target. And because of the bags, typically my broadheads don't want to come back out of it's because uh, when they pierce in, they've got just a little bit of a kind of like a bevel backwards. So they don't want to really come out uh, on that shoulder. But uh, I'm going to I'm going to pick up the marksman and I'm going to I'm going to do a, a blowgun trial on it. And I'll let you know how that goes. <laughs> I know that's not what it's that's built how- for, but that's what I'm going to do. <laughs> well, it's uh, you know, it's built for that it it would work for that for sure so uh the good thing is you've got something that'll work for uh your compound bow your traditional bow so you it 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 will uh, serve for multi multiple purposes absolutely i like that i really do now would you say that one target would be better for one thing. Obviously, the cubes are more for the or are for broadheads. But like, say for younger kids, um, would the buck tag be good for like, say for Ava who shoots like a it's like a twenty five pound pull right now, and uh, is that probably more suited for her, or does that? It, it, yeah, it, it would be the nice thing about uh, any of our bag targets too. They're the right size to pin paper face targets on. If you were doing tournament style archery with three spot, five spot, or if you had a uh, a paper face of an animal or something, uh, most of your standard paper faces traditionally are about uh, 17 by 17 inches or 18 by 18 inches. So, uh, fits real nicely and, and that those have a flat face are really nice for, 
that type of thing, especially if somebody uh, maybe from a, a younger kid's uh, point of view is needing more of a specific spot to shoot at. Um, sometimes the paper faces are nice to move uh, move them around a little bit, but uh, but yeah. So the, the the bag targets have the easiest air removal uh, for sure, uh, but they have a nice flat bottom where you don't have to prop them against anything. They do have grommets where they can hang as well, and they do have a a carry handle too to uh, carry them around. So we've tried to think of every uh, possible uh, scenario with the targets. Okay. I like it. I like it. Now, with the I'm looking at the Little Johns, all right, and you got the Standard, the Cube, and the Pro. Are those more of your archery range when you, you know, you go when you join an archery club, would that be more suited for them or is that still a backyard target? Um, yeah, and that's yes, it's mainly going to be for your clubs, for your indoor ranges, for your shops that have some shooting lanes or uh, maybe have a place where they're they're doing some uh, paper tuning. Um, yeah, so we have four targets in the Little John family. We actually have the uh, the tower, the cube, the standard, and the pro. The pro we sell probably the least. Uh, it is a massive, massive target. Um, it is literally the size of the bun that comes out of our mold. So it's, it's the one we have to put the least amount of work in. We don't have to cut it. We really just slide a cover over it. So, but it, it's not, I have, I have, I have a couple people every once in a while that want that big, massive target. But, uh, but yeah, the whole little John family, they, they, they're all four of them are, are unique to what they bring, but yes, they're going to be mainly for your clubs for your uh, your ranges, your your shops that have some shooting lanes, uh, they are all a little bit denser than the other targets and and have a much much longer life because there's there's so much more surface area to shoot. Okay, I like that. I like that. Since you started hunting, since you started bow hunting, um, and I'm sure you've done some traveling and some hunting across the states now. What what would you say has been your most memorable or most fun hunt that you've been on? You know, my first um, archery uh, deer harvest was, was back in 2015. And um, a friend of mine that was a avid bow hunter, um, and we we were more kind of through family relation, and, and he ended up last minute was looking for somebody to go with him on a hunting trip and gave me a call. And I thought, you know what, I'm going to go. I'm going to go. So we, we took off to, uh, uh, to Missouri, um, really got to know each other even better on this long, uh, trip. And we, uh, got out there. This is my first archery hunt. First time taking a bow anywhere to hunt with. And of course I, I practiced a lot and the, uh, guy, the, uh, landowner, it was a pretty, um, sort of self, guided hunt but they they showed us the properties and after they showed us the properties we were on our own so okay um they gave gave us several options of where to go and and uh it's funny me and my buddy we flipped a coin and he won the coin flip and where he ended up was where i we thought or i thought was gonna be the, the hot spot okay and so i lost the coin flip and it was actually close to our cabin i uh hiked into the stand and it was probably 10 o'clock. It was almost time to get out of the stand. And my buddy texts me and 
you know, hey, you see anything? And, you know, I was in the middle of had my phone up texting him and and I was in the process of saying all I can see is a bunch of squirrels. And I see this big buck over top of my phone coming towards me. I'd ranged kind of everything in the woods to kind of know where everything was. But I literally had to make a, a decision at that moment to make a shot because he was on a just a he wasn't moving fast, but he was moving steady and. And we had, you know, I had to to really try to score him right there and think, okay, is this buck big enough? Is this the one? First day, first day. And I'm thinking, okay, so I literally stood up and he he got down into a ditch in front of me and I grunted. He stopped. I let the arrow fly. Everything was, it was, everything was automatic as if I'd done it for 20 years. And, um, and as soon as that arrow flew, I saw that hit him. I saw him run off. And my heart was pounding out of my chest. My, uh, I was in the middle of, I text my buddy back, said, I just got one. And then he calls me and he said, are you messing with me? And I said, no, I said, I'm stuttering right now. I said, I'm not messing with you. So honestly, that first time, that first opportunity was, will always be the, the number one spot in my mind. That's a really good story. That whole time I'm, I'm like picturing in my head, you know, the deer coming over top of your phone, him getting in the ditch, you draw on your bow, you grunting, and then you smoking him. That's awesome. And how far do you end up running? Um, he probably went um, 75, 100 yards. I was, you know, the guy, we, we called the guide and because he knew the property better. And, and he said, don't 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 try to to, to chase after him because they had chased a deer the night before a couple of miles i think so i still my i i, I don't know i don't even know if i didn't hear him i got down the stand i was trying to find a blood trail and um I, I couldn't find anything in the ditch so i just i walked up out of the ditch and i saw a little bit of blood and then the uh the uh, guide came over and he said well let's let's just go eat lunch and let him rest not what i wanted to hear right not what i wanted to hear so, but it was probably the smart thing to do. So we went back to the cab and I don't think I ate a thing. I think I just paced outside till they said it was a good time to go after him. And, and we found him in a cornfield, uh, like I said, probably about a hundred yards. Um, so we, we did the right thing by letting him just, just walking away for a little while, giving him time to just, you know, uh, it was a, it was a, I, I pierced the edge of the lung. So it was a good shot, probably not a great shot, but, um, uh, it was enough to, um, you know, put him down, but he needed some time probably. Yeah. No, that's awesome. That's a really good story. And since then you've definitely been, you've been hooked, huh? I have been hooked, but I can tell you working in this industry, it's hard to participate in this industry. Yes. Yes. <laughs> um, but yes, I, I'm definitely hooked. And I've been several times and, and after, that first one, I am very particular about um, what I'm going to pull uh, my bow back on for sure. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you what, for your first time in the woods hunting with a bow, I don't think you could have a better story. And it probably it's a, it's a story, like you said, that's going to stick with you forever, but it's probably a hunt that even if it was your not your first, it still would probably be hard to beat. Because your first day in, you know, you lost the coin flip, so you feel like you're probably in the wrong spot, but really you was in the best spot. 
So I think overall that hunt is going to be hard to beat, but hopefully one day you do beat it. Well, you know, uh, me and my buddy, we've hunted a few more times together and, you know, there's not a trip we've went on together that we don't try to pass a quarter off to each other just from that (laughs) coin flip. (laughs) Absolutely. Absolutely. So Jeff, you were telling me before we got on here that you also, you have a different business outside of walk on archery and it's actually an outdoor store there in North Carolina, right? Yeah, that is correct. That's correct. So tell us what the name of that store is and where it's located. Um, it is called Backcountry and beyond. And, uh, we have our brick and mortar in downtown Salisbury, North Carolina. Um, and we have been, been open a little over four years now and uh really uh, are continue, continuing to progress uh with with that retail uh, operation that's awesome that's awesome so not only did you go from one industry to another but you've pretty much doubled down in that same industry with another company and i think that's really cool because we don't all start and grow up in the outdoors but it seems like the people that once they get here they loved it they loved it so much they they want to stay and and that's i feel like is part of your story as well and i don't want to speak for you but you know you got around the outdoor industry and the people that are in it you know you're you probably think they're good people and and they rightfully are and so you're like you know what it's time to double down and start another business and and i think that's pretty cool and i hope i'm not speaking for you when i say that but <laughs> No, uh, no, it's it's an interesting story that uh, kind of one one led to another, and you know, being in the floor covering industry, making carpet padding, a uh, completely different animal. Getting into the outdoor industry, and I I'd, I'd always participated in the outdoors and grew up on a farm, uh, you know, in different uh, uh, aspects, but. Um, you know, starting the uh, walk on archery and really getting deeper into the outdoor industry and then really getting presented or in front of some other brands that some I knew, some I didn't. And just sitting down and saying, you know what, I, I would like to put together a, uh, a unique opportunity for a retail store that we have what we consider a lot of shopping shops that we have major brands, but we're all in with those brands. When you come in to look in our retail store for our grilling department section, it's all Traeger wood pellet grills. That's it. So, um, so we we went all in with that brand in that category. So we, we've done that with several other categories in our store um, with Yeti. Uh, it, if you're looking for coolers or drinkware, it's only Yeti in our store. And we we have uh, we we, have, we are we are top level dealers for these brands uh, uh costa sunglass is the same thing we have over 250 pair of costas in the store one of the largest selections in north carolina um and we're uh, one of maybe just a handful of gold dealers of yeti in north carolina uh, we were the fastest growing platinum dealer for traeger in north carolina so uh we've, we've went in hard with some brands that were the top in their categories that's awesome. Well, and if you're going to do anything, do it the right way, right? Do it the right way from the beginning. I like it. I like your motto. I don't know if it's the right way, but it was the way that we figured we would try to do it for sure. Yeah, for sure. I do like it. I've always said how you do anything is how you do everything. And it, 
uh, it shows with you as well because walk on archery a great business and great product and now backcountry and beyond you're carrying the best of the best i think that's pretty cool and i really like that and uh jeff i really do appreciate having you on because getting to know you the other week when we first set this up was awesome and then talking to you a little bit tonight before we started recording that was fun as well and I've had a great time with you here tonight and learning more about Walk-On. And I know our viewers, they're going to definitely check out your products. And uh, if they didn't know they existed, I'm sure most of them already do. And uh, hopefully this is a good spotlight for you. One thing that I do ask all of my guests, and it's I wait for the end to ask them, um, is if you could go anywhere in the world, where would you go and what would you hunt? Well, it's funny. I was talking about this last night. Uh, a buddy of mine asked me what uh, some of my bucket list um, items, and I don't. I don't know that I can give you a specific where, but I can tell you what okay. I want to hunt. Um, my bucket list is hunting a a bighorn sheep Ooh. with a bow, um, but I don't know exactly where I want to do this. I do know I do want to do it in a very um, uh, difficult, I guess. If I mean anywhere you hunt the bighorn sheep, it's going to be difficult. But I want to, yeah. I want to, I want to do that because of the difficulty of the hunt. And I know that getting in range, bow range of one of those animals is, you know, to be successful is is going to be difficult. So I don't know that I can be successful, but I want to, I want to be in good enough physical shape to be able to go after that animal and know that I was able to give it my all whether i harvest the animal or not but i want to hunt a bighorn sheep I, I, and and where i don't know that i can can tell you where but it is one of my top bucket list things to do is to hunt a bighorn sheep and be in good enough shape to be able to manage the terrain yeah man that's awesome i that's probably one of the most unique outside of a previous podcast when my buddy's son, Ethan said he wanted to um, hunt a baboon with a blowgun in Africa. So I thought that, or I'm sorry, <laughs> it was with his 308, but now it's with his blowgun. He got him a, a one of the uh, Slockmaster Viper blowguns. And so now he's talking about doing that with a blowgun. But uh, one thing that I can, uh, I can tell you is me and Ted, did a all dad hunt in West Texas with Austin Pressy with Wicked Seven Outdoors in October. And it was a hunt that I think I took a little for granted. Like I got ready for it and I tried to prepare myself mentally and physically. And I think mentally I was there, but physically that hunt kicked my butt. And we had rifles and we were, you know, we were, our goal was to get within 400 yards of these animals and we never could break, you know, 1200 yards. And you're telling me you want to go after a bighorn sheep with a bow. And I, 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 I'm in shock and amazement at the same time, because I know it can be done, but I think that's awesome. And that's one heck of a goal. But back to what I was saying earlier, how you do anything is how you do everything, and you do it at the highest level. So I love it. Bighorn sheep with a bow. Well, I, I don't know the where yet, um, yeah. but and 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 I, I've got to get my my uh, 
body and physical shape and my mind and mental shape. And, and I've got to be uh, proficient enough with a bow because like you said, even getting in a couple hundred yards is almost impossible. And I've got to be able to put an arrow probably I've got to be pretty proficient at a hundred yards or less. Yeah. And, 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 or I say, I mean, less is, you know, probably between 70 and a hundred yards. Yeah. And, uh, you know, and, and so I've got to get proficient with long range shooting. My physical attributes have to be way in shape just to be able to make that journey. Yeah. And, uh, so, so there, there's a lot that has to fall in place for this to happen, but <laughs> it, it is, if you asking that question, that's my answer. I love it. I love it. Well, Jeff, I do really appreciate you coming on and I do appreciate the new relationship that we're, we're building here and the, uh, the ability to just meet somebody through a mutual friend, get on a phone call with them and then just start talking, hunting, talking about backgrounds and, and realizing that we're like-minded people. And those are the type of people I like to be around. And those are the type of people I like to have on the podcast. So I definitely would like to have you on in a future episode. And, uh, I'm definitely looking forward to it. Maybe we'll get old Ted Nestor on here with us when we do it. (laughs) Well, that sounds good. I know we also discussed maybe getting face to face. So if you ever make your way down to North Carolina, I know we're not too terribly far apart, but we'd love to have you come our way absolutely i'm looking forward to it well to all of our listeners we just want to say thank you again uh our podcast continues to grow week after week and month after month and uh it's definitely because of our our listeners and we appreciate that so we want to say thank you again and to all of our listeners we just want to say keep hunting and keep doing what god calls you to do Thank you for listening to Hunting Day with Stephen Robbins. Don't forget to like, comment, subscribe. If you'd like to follow, you can find Stephen on Instagram at Stephen Hunt Day and Facebook at Stephen Robbins HD. If you'd like to reach Stephen, you can email him at stephen.huntingday at gmail.com.